We would like to advise that the following program may contain adult themes, occasional nudity, and language that may offend some listeners. Thank God it's... Evans Music Studio at the ABC in Ultimo for Thank God It's Friday. I'm Richard Glover and this week with the music it's Leo with Richard Tonietti and members of the Australian Chamber Orchestra. <laughs> How classy is that? And our panel, Colin Buchanan, Tommy Dean and Ellen Briggs. <laughs> and our audience this week, Drawn from Chittaway Bay, Kiama, Kerbin, Launceston, Wisconsin, and Bondi. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I would just like, it annoys me when Americans come in here yeah. and claim an entire state. <laughs> we are celebrating suburbs, yeah, so yeah. I want to know what Wisconsin suburb you're from. Yeah. Madison. Madison. That's much better. Okay. Madison. I'll try it again. From Chittaway Bay, Kiama, Kerbin, Launceston, Madison, and Bondi. That's much better. Yeah. But first, before all that, here is the news from nowhere. Here's the latest outrage. It is becoming quite difficult to purchase a motor vehicle with a manual gearbox. Nosing around a car showroom the other day, I asked the salesman, how come? The young people. He said, they can't operate the gears. This left me surprised. In my experience, young people today perform all tasks at a level superior to my own generation. They are better looking. We, we all had acne. <laughs> Far brighter and, unlike me, are able to operate a modern television set, toggling at will between Netflix, Stan, the ABC News and the holiday photos on their phone, which leaves the younger generation with this one flaw, the inability to drive a geared motor vehicle. It's not that hard, kids. You simply depress the clutch pedal while simultaneously taking pressure off the accelerator, move the gear stick and then take your foot off the clutch at the same time as you... OK, it is quite hard. <laughs> I was taught to drive by my father's second wife and blame myself for the subsequent collapse of the marriage. <laughs> She had already taught her own three children, and I was the straw that broke the camel's back. Or maybe the kangaroo's back, as we spent day after day kangaroo hopping up and down our street. By the end of the second week, the poor woman had whiplash. Later, I taught my own children, utilising a friend's dairy farm. I sat in the passenger seat as Bat Boy kangaroo hopped his way through a field, and I still remember the cows looking up, their giant heads swivelling towards the vehicle. The only time I've ever seen a cow observing a human being with utter contempt. <laughs> or maybe that should be utter contempt. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So, don't turn on me now, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so learning to drive a, a geared car was painful, but was it worth it? Oh, yes. Driving an automatic is not real driving. You just sit there fiddling with the steering wheel. It's boring. No wonder people feel the need to eat, shave, brush hair, <laughs> apply lipstick and otherwise dick around when behind the wheel. They've removed all the fun. 
With a geared car, the driver is fully occupied. The clutch pedal goes one way, the accelerator the other. It's like rubbing your tummy at the same time as patting your head. And yet we can do it! It's the nearest I come to feeling like Nijinsky. Through the gearbox, you are connected with both road and vehicle. The exploding droplets of petrol, the pushing pistons, the spinning gears, all somehow converted into forward motion. Oh, the mystery. It's the difference between riding a real horse and sitting on a plastic mannequin on a merry-go-round. According to news this week, nearly 80% of young drivers in New South Wales now sit their licence test while driving an automatic. So what happens when they get a new job and the boss hands over the keys to the geared office van? What happens when they try to rent a car overseas and there are only manuals available? What happens when the car battery runs flat miles from anywhere and the only option is to push start the bastard? (laughs) Back in the car showroom, the salesman shows me his latest model. Everything is automatic, even the windscreen wipers, plus a camera that watches the driver beeping if they fall asleep. Presumably a regular occurrence, since there's nothing left to keep you awake. (laughs) I take home the pamphlet and consider my options. My old geared car has seen better days and if I wait too long, they'll probably remove the steering wheel and the brakes. Maybe I need to face reality and get behind the wheel of an automatic. Then I could use my spare time to finally work out how our TV set works. And that's the news from nowhere. Colin Buchanan's here, Tommy Dean and Ellen Briggs. Hello. It Hello. It's not just the manual that was important. It was, it mm. was the, the push start, I think, is where it all is. Yeah. Okay, like, I had a girlfriend in high school, and she lived at the top of a hill. There's no reason, madam, to laugh when yeah. Tommy says that he once had a girlfriend. No. Did you, uh, manual or automatic? <laughs> <laughs> manual, automatic, girlfriend. She needed a push start, that's what I'm saying. That was the whole... <laughs> Point for bringing this up. Yeah, yeah, come on. No, 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 no. But no, it was. Uh, but you know, her dad would listen for your car to start as like a marker of when you know did you leave. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. but she had you know it was a, you know like a you know, like a classic you know like two story house. Uh, so you could sneak in the back and say so you could come up. And I would like arrive. And he would kill the engine as you came up to the top of the hill, mm-hmm. so he wouldn't hear me arrive. And I'd park just away from the house and then sneak in and hang out with her. And then when I left. You would just give yourself a little push, jump in the car, and you were all the way down the hill with no sound. Nice. And then pop the clutch. Boom! Yeah. Off you guys. Perfect crime. Try that <laughs> in an automatic. Yeah, you can't. No, no not at all. My, my kids can drive manuals. Do you know, hey, has anyone watched Game of Thrones? Uh-oh. There's a character called mother of dragons. I'm the mother of bogans. <laughs> 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 they have to be automatic. You know, they've got to be manual because you can't do burnouts in an automatic. Uh, Dropping the clutch. Got to drop the clutch. Yeah. Do they drive utes? Um, If they have to. Only. So most of the rubber that has been dropped on the north coast of New South Wales is your kids, is that? Is that right? That's good to know. Uh, let's check you up with this week's news. Oh, goodness. Uh, who would like to party like it's 2009? Who would like to party like it's 2009? <laughs> this is an it's, economics question. That's why my yeah, whole bl- panel has, <laughs> is running in terror and fear. Well, my, my favourite, because so, in the question, uh, we're going to talk about how disposable income has become less. Yeah. Uh, but that was the part that confused me, because I thought it was a redundant sentence. 
because all income is disposable. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. It is. Shall, shall a... I tell people what the story is? No. no. Ooh, well, no the story is that Australia's wages and disposable income rose beautifully up to 2009, but since yeah. then we've become poorer. See, this is the part that confused me as well, mm. uh, because I've been getting the same for a gig the entire time. <laughs> I don't remember any rise. No. No rise at all. No. No. None. I was like doing like... some bookwork the other day, and like looking at gigs, and like, look, I, don't even, I have one invoice. I just changed the name of the yeah. club. Yeah. <laughs> and, and when you go back there, it's not like they say, Tommy... How about let's let's make it two hundred this time? Yeah, that's no. not like that's not like no. they say that. It's just the same old one twenty five. No, Tom, Tommy's been doing this. Four sets. He's, he's charging pounds sterling. <laughs> <laughs> he's charging in bottles of rum. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, no, I did. Uh, I thought it's taken a while for the news to get to us here at TGIF because it, this is it's been going down since two thousand and nine, mm-hmm. which I always tend to think, isn't that long ago? And then I do the sums, which I'm not good at maths. And uh, that's, yeah, that's... Six years n- ago. That's crazy. We've, we've, <laughs> we've lost, in the last, since 2009, we've lost, this yeah. is, uh, you know, adjusted for inflation, $542. Now, I'm glad you referred to specifics because I did actually go to the uh, Hilda report uh-huh. and uh, I thought this is informative and I think we should take the opportunity where we can to mm. just provide a little bit of information. <laughs> so allow me to quote from the Hilda report. This is from page 2478 of Appendix Roman numeral, I think it's 87, or Xerxes, and uh, Section J. Between 2001 and 2005, 40% of the households in the bottom fifth earners, the bottom quintile, moved out of it into a higher one in more recent years between 2012 and 20... This is in the exam, by the way. A lower 38.5% moved up. Why are ambulance officers entering the studio (laughs) and going, shit, shit? (laughs) Between 2001 and 2000... Like, it's... I've got no idea what that it's said. Terrible. I've got no idea what to I'm make of it. We all said we were yeah. feeling poorer, and economists said, no, 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 it's not true, but it turns out it is after all. It is all. true. I love the name of it, the Hilda Report. It's, yes. like the, it's like the Austrian neighbour who was always right about everything anyway. <laughs> I told you to put your money aside when things were good, because now you enough. haven't got any. All right, Hilda. <laughs> that's what, that's, uh, I've got a friend who's uh, from a Lebanese family and, and it was an insult. You're smart enough. I love how it's actually an affirming statement used as an insult. <laughs> You're smart enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you but, work uh, it out. Uh, uh, my favourite of the report actually was just quintile. I hadn't finished, Richard. Uh, uh, thank you. Quintile. Uh, I think a loss for, you know, just general literacy is a win for vocabulary. I'm going to use that. I want to practice when you find new words like... I'll ha- how about we have a quintile each of pizza tonight? Yeah. Richard or- Tonetti's violin has only been around since <laughs> 1743, but I'm worried it might go off if we oh, don't get to him quicker. All right, Let me ask another question. Yep. Serves me right for asking a question about economics, which none yeah, of them understand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who now needs to make a stand when it comes to making a stand? What's this about? Oh, this is Gladys in the stadium. Okay. I love this story. Because it's so, it's so typical of tradies, isn't it? You know, yep. they give you a quote and then they go, oh, oh, no, hang on. You wanted me to knock it down and rebuild it? Oh, no, no, that's going to be a bit more. Now I've got to talk to Jono, he's the electrician. I'm going to have to get a roofer in. <laughs> how, how big? Yeah. How big? Oh, no, no, and I'm not going to be able to do that until 2040. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm flat out, mate. I'm flat out. That's got to, yeah, seriously, yeah. that's got to be an election breaker, doesn't it? Or they could just turn it into a skate park. 
There's a big it's, hole in the ground now. Big skate park or a I dam. Feel like, I feel like an aquatic centre. Or a mm. dam. Solves they're, they're still, water crisis they're, they're still promising Parramatta or a pool. There you go. <laughs> fill the hole. It's there. <laughs> well, fill the hole and put on a bus. You should always get two quotes <laughs> too, Just get another. You should always get two quotes. <laughs> get a second opinion. <laughs> to be no. fair, uh, they could have, if they were really terrible, accidentally knocked down the SCG. Yeah. Oh, oh no, you're the other one. Oh, the next one. <laughs> the, the wrong one. The wrong oh, one. Yeah. yeah. Hey, when does that ever happen? Because people are knocking down the old houses around yeah. near, near us. And I think if they just turn up, knock it down, and then someone comes home, <laughs> and they go, oh, the one next to it. Yeah. Uh, or, or the local kids have moved the chain link fence. They've just moved it, the temporary fence. They've moved it next door. The, 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 someone's house is down. Um, I like lang- language, is another winner in this because uh, uh, stadium and stadia. Yeah. I like how that's become a thing now. We, we know that there is a plural. I don't know which one is the plural, but I like that we now know that. And so, and I've learned, it applies to a lot of things, you know, curricula, curriculum, octopus and octopum, um, <laughs> napulan and napula, <laughs> and one berejik. Wait, no, wait, I got the best one. Well, maybe it won't be. Uh, now I think about it. One berejiklian, five berejiklia. Is that... <laughs> Final question for this week's news. Who is that one? Who, who served up a dish called sorry? Who served up a dish called Me sorry? No. Well, you know, this is the, the Master Chef George. Master Chef George, who also has. This is George Columbaris. Uh, thank you for filling in his last name. I, did, I didn't know it. <laughs> it's, just George. it's George. It's George. I'm a little it's disappointed George. that on the, on the 730 report, he didn't, he didn't just have the word I'm sorry in a cake. <laughs> Under a cloche. <laughs> That's how it should have been. What do you reckon, George? Ka-ching! Yeah, the reveal. The reveal. <laughs> you can't have your cake and eat it too. I yeah. just want to make a point. Yeah. You can't. Which is it? Who wants the sorry cake? Mm. Uh, but it was difficult, you know, because I think, I, I think it's difficult. Like, I know that everybody's upset that he underpaid his staff by $9 million. $7.8 million. I mean, it sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's only like ten percent of the stadium problem we were yeah, just discussing. Yeah, exactly. How many Tommy Dean invoices does that represent? Oh, yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's, right. that's a lot of landfill. Yeah. And yeah. you know, and we've looked at the fact of what they just—they just would have thrown that money away. They would have treated it as disposable income. <laughs> they wouldn't have saved it. No, they no. got the, they lean, got it. I think it worked times. out well for them. They've yeah. got, they didn't have it, and now they just got a big lump sum. It's like they won. Yeah. The, the Master Chef Prize. Well, yeah. a lot of waiters and chefs, they spend all their money on booze and cigarettes. And stuff. What do you mean? Those guys are terrible. They're terrible people. <laughs> you know, when so I, have you ever seen Gordon been... Ramsay in a social situation? Yeah. This is basically That's what George... happens when you give a chef money. George Columbaris' health uh, assistance program. Yeah, it would be much better. Richard, I couldn't hide my degustation at this whole story. <laughs> I, I, if I was George, I would have paid without reservation. <laughs> And that's no way to treat the women and men you employ. <laughs> but serious, I was disappointed. <laughs> but seriously, uh, I was disappointed to say, hear him say, he, quote, I was gutted. I thought what George would have said, or she said, well, how do you feel about this information coming? Oh, Lee, I was, I was gutted. And then I 
Then I was filleted. <laughs> then I was lightly seasoned, not too much. Then I was put in a little bit of a beer batter. I was dropped into hot oil. So just until it's golden crispy on the edge, then I was served with a jalapeno aioli and then hand-cut sweet, sweet potato fries and just a little bit of mescaline mix, seasonal stuff with it, maybe just a little bit of chilli olive oil. <laughs> That's how I felt. Lee, I'm gutted. Um, yeah, but... <laughs> I think it's going to affect you, you when have, he goes out. Get, sorry. No, no, I'll go then. Um, you, you've got uh, your, well, you just, you've got the guitar in hand. No, he was going to pay them and they said, sorry, George, we don't split bills. <laughs> <laughs> hey! There we go. I, okay, right. I, 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 I did find this musically inspiring and uh, can, can I... Not that we haven't spent long enough on it already. <laughs> yeah, I left the George Columbaris restaurant without leaving a tip. I got away with it once, so I thought I might try it a bit. I don't know what came over me when I did a runner. Then I did it again and again, and it just got funner. Well, I leave George Columbaris's restaurants, and I don't pay. I don't, and I don't pay. <laughs> I don't think they noticed. I order all I can from the cheese platter back to one tray. It's become like a habit and I know that it just ain't right. I got a Dom Perignon for nothing just the other night. I, 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 I go to George Columbaris restaurants with all of my friends. We book the function room and we fill it from end to end. We get a big fat tab and we get full board degustation. Then we take off quicker than a MasterChef elimination. <laughs> now I owe George Columbaris nearly eight million bucks. Yeah, he says no more lame excuses than I gotta pay up. Well, George is gutted and me and my friends are stuffed. And I owe George Columbaris nearly eight million bucks. Everyone, join in. <laughs> he owes George Columbaris nearly eight million bucks. What did you say? He owes George Columbaris nearly eight million bucks. I'm sorry, Just the ladies. He owes George Columbaris nearly eight million bucks. Everybody, sing it like you mean it. He owes George Columbaris nearly eight million bucks. Sorry, George, you take Amex. <laughs> Thank God it's Friday. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. Uh, now, some say it's an urban myth, but reports this week that Healthy Harold, the mascot who delivers health lessons in our schools, has been spotted having a quiet cigarette after the class, <laughs> leaving some very confused eight-year-olds. What's, what's the moment in your life when you suddenly realise you hadn't been told the truth about the world? Ellen. I actually love the thought of healthy Harold sitting there sucking on a durry. Um, and who wouldn't want to after being with eight-year-olds? Um, <laughs> but I do remember we were told as kids that Sunday school was just another, you know, which was the religious morning where you had to go to school um that was actually just part of school and that we had to go and we believed that you thought it was compulsory part of the state yeah yeah yeah, because that's what my parents told me and then I remember one time they were having a few drinks with their friends laughing about how stupid we were that we believed that yeah and did you believe the one about the chemical in the pool that came that turned purple if you peed in it yeah yeah I did yeah you got sucked in by all those stories oh yeah and I've been doing it to my kids too we told our little kids I don't know if anyone remembers the ad where there was a camel that said you ninny 
It was for it was for a car, and the camel would say "you ninny," and so we told our kids that's the sound that camels made. <laughs> And so when they got to school and people, you know, when they were little and people would say, what's a dog say? Oh, wolf. What's a cat say? Meow. What's a camel say? You ninny. (laughs) (laughs) There were 24 at the time at attending university. Uh, Did you tell the kids that when the Mr Whippy music came on it meant they'd run out of ice cream? (laughs) Well, we don't have Mr Whippy in the country. Uh, No. That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) No, it's good as a parent. Yeah, but what do you do? do? There's no expectation? Well, it's bad now, enough to have Tommy, no neighbours. Tommy, it's why now they're the all kids, on drugs up there. Now the oh, kids makes... get in their bogan cars and, you know, drive to the servo. Oh, that's nice. And get themselves an ice cream. In, in, in Glebe, they've got Ms Whippy. <laughs> of course they have. What Just thought that? I'd throw that in. Uh, <laughs> you got to be careful. I, uh, we have a pool and uh, we told the kids about the uh, purple dye. The chemical, yeah. And mm. then they came up after the first day and they're like, I don't know if it works, Dad. We've been peeing in the pool all day. <laughs> <laughs> We wanted to yeah. see how purple yeah. it would get. You, you, you got ripped off at Bunnings, Dad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so that is a myth, is it? Oh, just so I know. It's yeah, good. Well, okay. Yeah. No, that's, a, that's, a, that's a take home. Apparently. Go on. Yeah. Um, oh, no, it's a big myth. Uh, my par- I think all parents have slight lies just to keep order. Uh, like, we were told that if you, you know, didn't go to bed by 10, uh, then there possibly would be no uh, food in the house the next day. <laughs> that's Which was extreme. And then once we had the food, we were told that if you didn't finish your food, uh, that this would be responsible for famines in other countries. We we were definitely told that. Yeah, yeah, you have to. I mean, there's always somewhere else. But that's just a fact. It wasn't, like, direct. It's one thing to say, hey, appreciate your food because kids are starving in Japan. That's one threat. We were actually threatened that if we didn't finish our food, that would be the butterfly wing (laughs) (laughs) that would cause the food bowl to collapse in, in, in Australia. Because the universe would realise that you were treating yeah, we were the food. It. Yeah. it was terrible. Uh, my mother also admitted that she lied a lot about pizza. She hated pizza crust, uh, but she said that that's where the poison was. <laughs> like all the, the, the bad parts of the pizza would leach out into the crust, yeah. and so yeah. you shouldn't eat the crust. Yeah. yeah. So the more it, common theory is that the pizza crust makes your hair go curly. Oh. Yeah, well, it's just dry oh, and not very tasty. Yeah. Well, my uh, grandmother was upset yeah. because she said, she used to always tell us not to eat pretzels. Uh, because they had lye. They were dipped in lye. L-Y-E. L-Y-E. Yeah. Uh, and, and we all laughed. You know, you know, rot your gut. Pretzels are dipped in lye. Yeah. And then I found out recently, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a lie. It's absolutely true. It's not a lie. <laughs> but then it made me rethink everything else Grandma said. Yeah. And now I'm starting to wonder if it's true that only whores wear red. <laughs> <laughs> Ask that lady in red. Yeah, <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy. Uh, She's no, a very wise woman, your uh, grandmother. Uh, Colin, yeah. when, have you thought, when have you thought to reconsider these things? When have you uh, realised you? I think though, I was in my mid-twenties when um, I, was, I successfully auditioned for play school. Yeah. And so I got to, uh, to meet um, uh, play school toys. Mm. And, uh, Big Ted and stuff. Well, this is, this is very disappointing. I, uh, my first, I remember my first studio uh, play school, and just to go in, there was Fergus, and uh, he's, he just really didn't look at me. Just, uh, <laughs> he's the frog, just hopped away. Um, Big Ted, was, he was smoking behind the set. With healthy hair. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, little Ted. He had that real small bear sort of attitude. You know that? Um, <laughs> And the producers had said, oh, look, Jemima's lovely. She'll look after you. She'll just, just, she'll take you under her wing. She's a real mother hen. And uh, 
And I walked up to her and she just, she looked up from what she was doing and uh, she just said, what is this? Yeah. And yeah. it was awful, you know. Yeah, well, and, it's, uh, it's a top rating show. And once, <laughs> well, you know, once you get a top rating show, people turn, don't they? Even they the do. soft toys turn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they do. They knew how successful it was and they just had an attitude. Yeah. And, uh, and said, I mean, We've been around for 50 years, Colin. The what 50 year thing. Well, that's what I wonder. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the 50 year thing is a curious thing because I think how, how the story hasn't got out until now is <laughs> just beyond me. But the first thing. No, they used to be nice. It was no, only when nice. you. They it's were... only when you walked in. Well, they appreciated the break. You know, they, there are a lot of toys out there who aren't on television, and <laughs> and I think it, you know they appreciated that. But that, that changed, and uh, uh, I uh, I was very disappointed. Uh, Benita, on the other hand, lovely John, just <laughs> <laughs> little Ted, the real little Ted. You know, the one that's really worn. I don't know if they still use that one on Play School. My youngest is Riley, twenty two, and he's just stopped watching it, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, the original. The original, a crew member stole the original Little Ted. Yes. yes. You heard it here. Oh, and it, is. Yeah, took it overseas. Right? He'd gone overseas and so they had to get a new Little Ted, which is this incredibly threadbare Little Ted. So, so. this is the fine cotton of children's television, is it? <laughs> it is the old swapsy doodle. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. old Little Ted substitution old racket. Switcheroo. <laughs> that's it. That, uh, that's play school. That's a bit of an inside. Uh, and uh, just if the producers are listening, I'd love to do it again. So if you, <laughs> I'd love to go back on. And, are you, you know, ready for the Wheel of Death, ladies yes, and gentlemen? Death. Each week when our live audience comes in here, they throw these random topics onto this chocolate wheel. Today's topics, as proffered by our audience, are witches, Democrats, Snolly Gosters. What? No, I don't know what it was. They called it out. Sno- Snolly Gosters. Okay, it's a real word from a tradition I don't understand, but it's Snolly Gosters. It refers to politicians who self-promote. Well, that's all of them. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, very that's long just another topic. word for politician. Uh, yeah, it's a word for politician. Uh, treacle, winter ocean swimmers, skint stadiums, uh, moron. Is that right? Uh, that seems a bit rough. Persian, um, don't put that in the laundry. Fruit and the Sydney Swamp. What are you all on? Here's what happened. Here's what they're happened. They're all... They've gone okay. mad. Okay, no. This is my what? mistake because I was slightly late getting here yeah. and I normally look after the wheel and the words yeah. that go on it. I think and curation. I put Colin in charge. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's and you. then he just had a spasm. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't... I'm not responsible for... I'm responsible for writing He's them down. He's just the mere, yes, yeah. agent. But it was okay. not... Also well, responsible I, for being a slight filter. Yeah, yeah. And I, it was not well curated. I'll admit that. And, with, <laughs> and I hope that doesn't offend the audience. I didn't know you filter them now. The whole thing is crushed. Yeah. Oh, slightly filtered. It's the like, fine like, like cotton scandal of... Sounds. Yeah. No, no, no. Bubbles. I'm not doing no. smelly bottles. <laughs> it's just... Round and round and round it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. We're yeah. all hoping it's snolly gospels, though. Uh, it snolly is. Gospels. What is it? It is uh, witchetty grubs. See, another made-up word. <laughs> <laughs> witchetty grubs. You can't just make up words. <laughs> Mr. Thomas D, on the subject of the witchetty grub. The witchetty grub. The fine Australian, Australian witchetty grub. Yeah. Native Tucker. Starting now. Yeah, I'm trying to think. If you would. No. <laughs> the grub, known as witchetty. Yeah, no, 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 no. We were, we were joking ah, earlier about making it. You're the evil one, all right. Get out. I think we do this musically, but I keep thinking of witchetty grub, the, the, the witchetty grub lineman. <laughs> 
and the witchetty grub line. Okay, come on, Connie, you can play that. I know it's I... still on the vine. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that's paid. Uh, that's pay dirt for. I think you should just pull out now. That's the, the witchetty grub. Can't get grub. better. Yeah, I love that song, the witchetty grub line. Man, you know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't even know what they are. Okay, let's let's. Uh, what what do you think? What do you did think? Did you want to blues it up or you know? Sure, you why know, not? Yeah. Let's go. It doesn't even matter now. We want some Glen Campbell, don't we? No, I don't know how to do Glen Campbell. I don't know how the actual song goes. But it's the saddest song of all time. Uh huh. Oh, I mean, that got me that night. Sad. It's the most poignant line I think in any song ever. When he's like. Uh, uh, but I can't think of it. But it's really poignant. Well, it's the wind through the lines. No, no, but it's the one line where he says, uh, "I." I need you more than love you, and I love you for all time. Oh. Think, oh that, that guy needs her a lot. <laughs> Based on that. Yeah. But that's painful. Yeah. It's only a half-written song, uh, apparently. John, Pr- John Prine. I think it was involved with Steve Gutenberg, one of the guys that wrote it. I remember reading a thing about it where he was talking about the fact that they'd only had, they wrote the song as you hear it, uh, but they didn't think it was done. They felt that it needed two more verses and uh, a better through line for the story. And then Glenn Campbell got it with, this is great, fellas, well done. So they just said, well, we're done. That's how music works. Wow. Yeah. One of the greats, too. Nice. And a million sales later. Anyway, uh, there's also a great YouTube video of him singing it with the Stone Temple Pilots playing the song. So the Stone Temple Pilots, one of the great sort of 90s rock bands, playing Wichita Lineman straight down the line with Glenn Campbell singing, it is brilliant. What was the title of the song again? Witchetty Grub. (laughs) (laughs) But a Witchetty Grub. Which I think is some sort of lickety bug. It's a Witchetty Grub. I don't know what it is. You can eat them, though. Well, of course, yeah, but you can eat candy bars. (laughs) Pretty sure a Witchetty Grub isn't a candy bar. Like if you went into a, some sort of service station and you said, can I have a candy bar? And then they handed you a witchetty grub. <laughs> I have a feeling you'd be a little bit disappointed. That's, that's actually happened to me in, in Lithgow. But anyway, that's another story. <laughs> it sounds like something that your wife would give you if you were came home late from the pub and you forgot that she was making dinner that night. And then she would look at you with those witchetty grub eyes. <laughs> Do they have eyes? Yeah, yeah, they yeah. Sure. Do they, they have mournful eyes with eyelashes that they bat at you? <laughs> Give you they're kind of like, like a fat worm. They're like a fat worm. Fat worm? <laughs> they're like a fat worm. <laughs> they're just a F-A-T fat worm. <laughs> but you can grill them. You can grill them. And, and you, you can, can poach them. You can poach them. I'm pretty sure they're you can compare them in every way that you prepare worms normally. But they're not a candy, candy bar. bar. <laughs> <laughs> How would George Columbaris have said them? <laughs> Under a cloche. <laughs> With the word sorry. sorry. Actually, he would have got all the uh, witchy grubs to line themselves up and spell out with their bodies the word sorry. sorry. And bat sorry. their eyelids. Mm. But I feel bad. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like I should know more. 
Because I know the word, but I have a feeling that it's like probably some sort of native bush tucker that yeah. was like yeah. you know, very vital to the survival of. Yeah, this I must country. say, I've, I've never. Has anyone eaten one? I, 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 oh yeah, we got a few. Are they nice? They, what, Peanut butter. Like peanut butter in the middle, like a Snickers bar? Yeah. Were we wrong? <laughs> oh, we made fun of it, but now you're suggesting That's... it was a candy bar. The, candy the whole bar song's the ruined bush. now. Yeah, we just spoiled it. <laughs> it was otherwise so perfect. <laughs> it was right over the black dot until then. Yeah, but never mind, never mind. No, that's all right. That's all right. Does he Will die, we... ladies and gentlemen? Does no. he die? Do they both oh, die? No. Oh, no. no, you're very forgiving. They live. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank God it's Friday with Richard Glover. We have Colin Buchanan this week, Tommy Dean and Ellen Briggs. Now, some councils in Sydney are introducing new smart rubbish bins equipped with microchips that enable bins and their rubbish to be tracked. If your rubbish was analysed, what would it tell you about the life you are living? Ellen Briggs. Um, I think they would think that um, a diabetic person who applies lots of makeup lives in my house because that's all I put in the bin is makeup removers and empty makeup containers and my kids just put all the junk food wrappers in there. It, nothing else goes in there. So I think they would say there's a sad, lonely woman in there who is just applying makeup and then taking it off at night in between eating her Snickers bars or her witchetty grubs. It's a sad image. That would be it. We don't have a lot of rubbish. Oh, is that right? Yes. You're living in the perfect life, are you? Yes. You, no, know, you burn it, don't quite you? A burn it. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Plastic, everything, fuel. Yeah. Rubber yes, we tires. do burn a lot. Yeah. 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 Tommy, what would your rubbish tell us about you? Uh, it would tell you that I don't have a worm farm. <laughs> fat a little worm. Bit of, a little bit of fat worm farm. Tell you that. It would tell you uh, that I am a liar uh, because I quite often claim that I make some of the world's greatest hummus. <laughs> from chickpeas uh. yeah. that I soak overnight. Mm. But the truth is I get them from a can. Yeah. Uh. Which I feel is not entirely a lie because they have soaked at least overnight. It's <laughs> <laughs> not the night that I set them out. Yeah. 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 But there, you know, the can is... But here's the secret, by the way. Put your can of chickpeas into a pot. Like, rinse them off, of course. Uh, and then, yeah. but save the ab fabble, fabble, fabble. What's the funny word? But there's, the chickpea liquid is like meringue. Like you can make oh, yeah, that's meringue true. Yeah, out yeah. of chickpea liquid. Yeah. Can you? It's the same yeah, consistency you, as egg white. You can whip it up, yeah. Like it has a cool white. name like aquafaba. Yeah, that's it. Aquafaba. No, I think it's called snollygoster. Snollygoster. Aquafaba mixed with a good amount of citric acid. Not citric acid, cream of tartar. Boom. Meringue. I said like a real meringue, yeah, or is yeah, it yeah, just yeah. savoury like, like, meringue? We could make like a pavlova, oh. but instead of cream, you put hummus on it. <laughs> what? Whoa, that sounds so good. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> right on dinner time, all those people <laughs> driving home, sort of dry reaching yeah. on the M5. <laughs> <laughs> Colin, what would your rubbish tell you? Tell us about you. Uh, they'd tell us, they, they would tell you that we're not interested in a free appraisal from the Heathcote Prestige <laughs> Realty. Yeah. Even though it's printed in a handwritten font, we haven't fallen for that. It would tell you that we don't want our home clad in plastic weatherboards for a once-only inclusive fee. It would tell you we aren't about to take up Brazilian jiu-jitsu, even though it's a great exercise for the 2- to 92-year-olds. Uh, it, it would tell you we don't want our trees lopped. 
that we don't care that our roof needs restoring. And uh, quite frankly, we're sceptical about believing that you can earn $1,200 a week by staying at home and doing absolutely <laughs> nothing except ripping off one of those <laughs> little, uh, you know, phone numbers. So that's, You need uh, a no-junk-mail sticker, I think. Uh, uh, okay. Well, they would see that my wife uses too many tea bags, and I'm going public on that. Yeah. She, she uses her, her tea bag to actual drinking ratio. It's very low, and I think she... It, she needs someone, a council tracker or something, to, to just address that issue because we go through a lot. We buy a lot more tea than actually. Well, my friend is does that, and I. But you know, speaking of disposable, but you know, he uses three tea bags. Yeah. To save time. So it's like one tea no, bag. It doesn't steep work for, that you know, I tea drinkers. Minutes. Does that work? Tea three drinkers. Tea bags does it work? For no, seconds. no, it just gets all the yes. dye out of it, not their real tea. <laughs> I know that this is upsetting you that we're even talking about tea bags. Well, that's right. Yeah. It should be leaf tea. I'll, yeah. I'll, oh, God, I'll talk to you later. About this. I'm quite disturbed. I don't believe you're even talking about it here on the radio, on the wireless. Let me ask this question. Uh, the recent celebrations of the moon landing oh, were yes. marred yet again by people who still don't believe the moon landing happened. Oh. Mm. To them, it seems too unlikely that flawed humanity armed with 60s technology could pull it off. So what are the things in your heart of hearts you really still don't believe could possibly be true. Colin Buchanan. Oh, well, actually, uh, it inspired me to write a, probably a slightly whimsical song. So uh, it's, <laughs> it's not about Wichity Grubs, but uh, I was inspired. And, in fact, Richard, you get co-writing credits on this because I used part of the question in the chorus. Oh, good. Thank you. So I get uh, 2%. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, it, wasn't, uh, it was a little more than I was uh, anticipating, <laughs> but uh, all right. <laughs> well, they put a bomb inside a pipe and aimed it at the moon. They gave the spaceman thumbs up, said, we'll see you up there soon. And we watched it all in black and white, a wondrous sight to see, as Buzz and Neil and the other guy <laughs> took that giant leap. Well, it's impossible. Well, have you ever seen an aqueduct? The ancient Roman kind Oh, the summer solstice sunrise Light up Stonehenge in July The paint and pride of Florence Or Shakespeare's turn of phrase Or how the Sydney Opera House Still takes your breath away It's impossible And in your heart of hearts It all seems unbelievable to you it's impossible how it could possibly be true. Well, I'm climbing on the shoulders of the women and the men with the grit and wit and wisdom to try and try again. They scratched it on a serviette. They crossed the land and sea. They stared up at a silver moon and dreamed of what could be. It's impossible. And in your heart of hearts, it all seems unbelievable to you. It's impossible. How it could possibly be true. Wow. Colin Buchanan. What seems impossible to you? Well, it seems impossible that this is a comedy show. (laughs) (laughs) What I'm wondering about, what's all with the the weepy tear jerking? (laughs) 
It's the risk you take. That's the risk. It's nice. you know, it's beautiful. You I'm not saying it wasn't beautiful. Let me show you. Let me show you. Like, scope this of work. This is like the difference. Okay. I have no heart for that sort of poignant whimsy. <laughs> so play the same song. Okay. Play the same song. Right? Right? Do you want me to sing? No, or no. You... I want you to play the song. I'm doing... Then I'll show you how I would work over it. Okay. Right? And, okay. Here we go. And? I'll tell you what's impossible. I can't believe that they painted the two lines in the parking lot, and you can't get your car between it. <laughs> the lines are right there. For the entirety of life, the green light means go. Why are you sitting at the green light when you should be going? You were holding me up. I am perfectly fine with people coming in front of me in traffic. Just let me know. I find it impossible to believe that your blinker hasn't been invented in your car. Put on the indicator. It's impossible. I don't know. I got a bit teared up on that. In the bin. <laughs> Why did you leave it on the seat? Yeah, exactly. Sorry, sorry. Put uh, your trolley back. Oh, sorry, you're still going. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Right. Please thank Tommy Dan, Colin oh. Buchanan, and Alan Briggs. Please release them. Thank you, thank you, everyone. Alan Briggs says, Woman Like Our Show will be in Albury next Friday the 9th and in Orange at the RSL Club on Saturday the 10th. Thanks for being part of TJF. Next week, Gene Kitson, Tommy Dean and Tahir will be here. Ooh. Music from Seeker, Lover, Keeper, the supergroup with Sarah Blasco, Sally Selpin and Holly Throsby. Google TJF to join the audience or subscribe to the free podcast. Until then, I'm Richard Glover and thank God it's Friday! Yeah!